Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Uh, we're going to move on to some of the questions from uh, Instagram and Twitter. Um, we'll start off with some of the ones that you got, mate. Uh, at B Maloney LFC said, "Should Liverpool sell Thiago?" <laughs> uh, well, you'll do well to get him to get in for him, considering he's currently injured and he's leaving in six months. So and hasn't played. Yeah, so I would. Uh, I'd probably just kind of let him run his contract down and, and let him go in the summer. But, but, I'm sure. <sighs> I'm say, yeah, yeah, Joseph underscore Clark Nine Nunes on the left from now on. I think mm. you won't like it. I don't think you like it. It's not as simple as that for me. It's not as simple as that. I think in certain games, I don't mind it. Like the Arsenal game is a great example. You know, we we couldn't really get out and put, putting them up on the flanks as an outlet and putting them up against Ben White and going a bit more direct over Arsenal's press. It just made a lot more sense. But I think generally, I do think Nunes is a nine. As as bad as his finishing is at times, I don't think he's got the. He's just. I think the players on the flanks have to be. You know, good one v one and things like that, and they have to be good and build up and stuff. And I think Nunes is just a bit more of like a a, a chance magnet as an as a nine. So it depends on the game, but I'm 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 happy with them depend playing in, in either depending on the situation at hand and the opponent the opponents and all that stuff. I think for me, I'm totally comfortable with him playing on the left hand side if that's what the game requires. Same, yeah. I, I agree with you in terms of he's clearly a centre forward. I think anyone with eyes will be able to to see that. Um, I, I, I just wonder what. Sorry, mate. I just wonder whether Klopp is using him out there to just get his confidence up a bit. Because funny enough, someone said to us, "Did you see the video of Darwin after the game against Fulham, where he turns around to someone in the crowd? I think it was someone he knew when he was in the tunnel or something. Um, after I asked Dan to explain it better, and turns around, the ball just won't go in." And like that, that's like the four shots on the post. And it just feels like, like the last two games, maybe three games, I don't think he's done anything wrong per se. No, no. It's just the chances they had are hard or the keepers made brilliant saves. Yeah. I, I, I don't think, like six weeks ago, I'd say the opposite. It was his shooting that was the problem. Well, it doesn't seem to be the problem it, at the moment. That's, a, that's the point. I think recently there's been a bit of a shift and not everyone's clicked onto it. That. His finishing lately has been fine. He's just been unlucky. Whereas before that, and for the most part, there was Liverpool career so far, to be fair, his finishing's not been up to standard. But recently it has. He's just been unlucky. So there's a massive difference between the two there, and I think we need to be we need to be careful with that one. But for me, if you look at him profile-wise, he, he, he very much reminds me of Fernando Torres, mm. but without the finishing. You know, so but profile-wise, though, the way you're watching him and everything, he looks like Torres for me. A lot of the time, 
And, you know, in, in this system, I just... Something about Torres on the flanks just doesn't feel no. right. right and that's like when Chelsea put an Elgar out there. Yeah. It's like, yeah. what are you doing? You've got to yeah. finish it there, mate. I know, I know. But I can see why people like him out there. And as I said, in some games, he'll look better out there because he's, he's, the game state suits him. But for the most part, especially if we're doing the inverted full-back stuff in the box midfield, for me, he's just he's the guy that you want just around the penalty spot, creating openings and, and occupying the centre-halves and making them worry and creating space behind them on, on the batter. Yeah, absolutely. OK, we'll move on to the next one. Uh, Nathan Kearney, five. If this is Salah's last season, who in red... If Sorry, if this is Salah's last season in red, who replaces him best tactically in the Premier League? So is this assuming that we have an unlimited budget and we can get anyone? Of course. <laughs> uh, I think the the clone is Jared Bone, I think. Uh very, very similar. Yeah, very, very similar. Very direct, mobile, left-footed, scores goal, proven in the Premier League, threatened behind, quite creative under the radar as well. Got numbers attached to his career, proven. I think I think he's the, he's the clone, but I think because of his age, the most a, a more sensible one would probably be Musa Diaby. I think for me, for, from from Villa, he is left-footed, but he's very two-footed. Uh-huh. Again, very direct, quick. So far, proven in the Premier League at least. Um, but he's just went to Villa. He's got a fairly long contract, I think. And Villa are potentially going to qualify for the Champions League. So I can't see us getting him. But I think he's a good option. I think he's relatively similar. Other than that, though, Pedro Nato as well was a, was a shout before he got injured. Mm-hmm. He was looking good. He's left fuzzled. Uh, but yeah, Bowen's probably the one, but I think that I think we've probably missed the boat on that, haven't we? Yeah, I think so. I think and this maybe answers a question um, that comes a little bit later, actually. I'm gonna throw another boring name out there. And I know there's been a lot of chatter about Bakayo Saka in recent weeks oh, yeah, about well, his finishing and, and all that type of stuff. He's another one, obviously. Yeah. I think what I find interesting on here, and just to go to FB ref right, is look this season, so far, he's probably on track for twelve goals. 12 assists but last season he got 14 goals 11 assists season before 11 and 7 he's still only 21 years old right if I take that across to look at Mo Salah at Roma like it's at 23 years old 14 goals at 24 years old 15 goals mm. and then it's not until Liverpool where he makes the fucking big jump yeah and I think Mikhail Zayn is the perfect long-term replacement. Yeah. But you're not getting him out of Arsenal. That's and, the same, yeah. Yeah, and, and the big jump is something that I would expect. But equally, I think if you threw Darwin Nunes in Arsenal's front line, he'd get a lot more goals than the Arsenal strikers. And I think Bakayo Saka would work quite well with Darwin Nunes. Yeah, I agree. I think he'd get a lot more goals than, than Jesus, for example. And I think if you offered Nunes to Arteta as well, I actually think he'd take him, you know. I think despite the massive narrative around Nunes that he can't finish, I actually think Arteta would take him. Uh, just because he's, he's, he's such a chance magnet. Um, and Arsenal can't seem to generate that in the final third at the minute. I'm going to ask a question that's not on here that I think is interesting. I think I've got an answer to it. If there was a striker in the Premier League right now that you would replace Darwin Nunes is that's named not Erling Haaland, who would it be? Um. I'm a big fan of Ollie Watkins. Okay. I think he's really good. Have you got someone in mind? Isaac. 
Yeah, it's a great shout. Yeah, he, was, he, he slipped me slipped my mind a little bit, yeah. Isaac's a good one. I think around the time Liverpool were looking at Nunes, I reckon Isaac will have been somewhere on the shortlist because he, he was looking good at Sociedad, weren't he? And he was a big prospect when Dortmund signed him. I don't know why he didn't work at Dortmund, to be honest. I'm not sure exactly what the story is behind that because Dortmund usually get the most from them kids, but um, he's been a big prospect for a while now. How old is he now? Uh, I'll tell you now. He is currently 23 years old. He's got everything, hasn't he? <sighs> He can run in behind. It was just the weekend's game where you're looking at him and you go, he runs in behind, he finishes it. That's fucking brilliant. Mm. He runs in behind, he bends his run on one, and I don't think he finishes that one. He's brilliant against us. He's fast as fuck. He can probably do the stuff inside the box if you're doing your little cutbacks and stuff like that. But he's quick in transition. And I think I would move heaven and earth if, I, if we had a chance to sign him, to be honest with you. I just think he's absolutely superb. Like, Would you swap him then, would you? I would swap him. Would you, yeah? I would swap him, yeah. I think he's brilliant. Um, and I, I just love everything that I've seen from him so far. Um, but again, you know, you could look at the numbers and all that type of stuff. In terms of his goals, it looks like it's been a bit patchy at times. Um, you know, he's gone 13 goals, 9 goals, 17 goals, 6 goals. See, do you know what's mad? He, he averages about half the number of shots per 90 than Nunes. But he's just a lot more of a killer. So he just makes up for it. Doesn't need as many chances because he puts them away. It's interesting. So I would have him. That was my the uh, deep dive question for the day. Um, Liam Shortall says, when's the podcast coming? <laughs> uh, I don't have an answer for that, but uh, I'm working on it. I'm chipping away at it and stuff. And uh, I'm trying to make it so that like, when it comes, it's the finished product. It's not half-baked. It's, uh, you know, it's all sorts of logos and cover designs and guests and all that stuff. So... What's this space is probably the best way I can put it. Okay. Gentleman Butcher, do you think City will end up being punished in a similar way to Juve? Um, possibly. I think they should, obviously. Uh, whether it'll be to that extent, I don't know. But Who's so, going down? Who's Del Piero in it? Who's <laughs> going down with the ship? Um, I don't know. Foden? <laughs> Could be, you know. I don't know about Foden. Might actually get a fucking start every yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, you know. That's a good question. Uh, it feels like the. I feel like company would have. Bernardo Silva's gone. Yeah. He's gone every se- summer. You think, you think you're rid of him, but he's like a bad smell. You just can't get rid of the twat. <laughs> Here's a question for you. Who's been better for City? I saw this on Twitter the other week. Bernardo Silva or David Silva? Because I think your heart immediately wants to go David Silva was a player. I still think I'd probably lean towards David Silva, but Bernardo Silva's been incredible. Unbelievable player. I, I, I remember watching him at Monaco and thinking he's such a player in him, but straight in that city got him and he's got that snide about him as well anyway. He's, he's, it's hard to admit horrible. that. Horrible. But he, he is like... Cads to dad, will you have a book signing abroad? Netherlands. <laughs> Not abroad, but I'm actually... There's, 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 there's a chance, there's a chance, yeah. I love book signing. <laughs> it might be a live podcast in, in Waterstones in Liverpool. Really? Yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah. Um, Sean Christian, Macken into centre mid once and the returns, is there too much competition already? Um, possibly, yeah, possibly. I think Endo's looked good as a, as a six. Generally looks like he can cope and McAllister... Deserves to get into the team. You know, he's, he's good enough. He can play as an eight. 
I suppose the issue is just who comes out because we've touched on how important Curtis Jones is. Curtis Jones is one of the eight. Sobos uh, is one of the other ones. So it depends. Like, if, you know, we'd have to be in every competition and I think everyone gets minutes that way. But I think if you're picking your best 11, though, that's, do you think McAllister's still there? And yeah, Jones still there. I think just, just. I think Endo does make us really balanced, but I don't. I don't think he's in our best eleven. Like signature life one, the Liverpool still have advantage redata within all the departments. Yes, uh, everything that Ian Graham created is still at the club. You know, it's it's owned by the club. It's intellectual property. Is that how you say? Yeah. Um, so that that can still get used and. The, the guy who took his place, Will Spearman, is um, you know, a brainiac. genius, yeah, absolute genius. So he's still at the club. I think the big thing when it comes to data, and uh, you'll find this out if you can, if you buy my book. Available on Amazon. <laughs> like that. <laughs> uh, is the, the buy-in, the buy-in side of it. Like, so many clubs out there have, have got data departments. One of the biggest, for example, one of the biggest and best is, is Barcelona. For example, they don't use it at all on the on the recruitment side, at least, uh, and that's because the decisions are just made by like boardroom fellas who aren't really bothered and just make decisions based on politics a lot of the time and getting fans on side and stuff. So, what Liverpool have always had, mainly because of FSG and the, the culture that they've fostered, is, is the the buy into the data and you know the evidence. We we don't buy a player based on vibes like Man United did with Cristiano Ronaldo, for example. You buy a player based on the the tangible evidence behind it and, and and things like that, and I think we're a bit less that now because Graham's left, Edwards has left, Linda's is a bit more prominent, uh, Schmadke is Klopp's mate. I don't know if he's staying or anything like that. We haven't really got a sporting director in a minute, so I think we're now a bit less data driven than we were, but we're still we we still have an edge if we want to use it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's all about. You know, lots of clubs allow data. It's interpreting the data for a start, isn't it? And then yeah. whether you're going to utilise the data or not. And I think that's where the big questions probably coming around Klopp and his power at the football club and all those types of things. Um, but I, I, just to put, sort of have a different swing on it, I think we're ten years ahead of Manchester United and will be for a long time. Yeah. Um, and 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 that. So therefore, we will always have an advantage over Manchester United. City maybe less so. Um, but yeah. we did nick their scouting departments and get that million pound fine or whatever a few years ago uh, when we breached whatever it was. Yeah, well, um, there was a time called a while back where uh, Ian Graham was getting linked to Man United shortly after he left Liverpool. Like, you know, Graham's going to go over there and, and do the same thing. But they, they have their version of Graham. His name's uh, Dominic Jordan. But whatever he's doing, I'm sure he's clever. But whatever he's doing, it's. I mean, it might now because they've got a slightly different ownership. I think they'll have any with uh, with say Jim coming in, but um, it's the buy-in that he needs. It's the, that, that's what will you know create the edge. Okay. Uh, can Gomez play consistently at left back and be part of a back three when Robbo is back? Do you want me to um, go on this one? I don't think he will. I think he can. I think you know. yeah, it's it's a can, isn't it? Yeah. It's one of them where like a it's like a break glass option. Yeah, I mean. Put it this way, if Costas was fit and Robbo was fit and Robbo gets an injury, I think it's Costas who's going in first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that, and therefore that probably answers the question, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, Rossi Dizzle, in a deep dive, you mentioned the difference in attacking scouting players versus defending. Uh, can you explain this? Yeah, this was a good question, this. Um, so when it comes to 
the the data attached to players, obviously the data is based on um, it's output, isn't it? Yeah, it's output. Everything is is based on events. So a shot, a clearance, a, a cross, a chance created, you know, whatever. So if you think of that in an attacking sense, if you think of, of an attacker, generally the the more the better. You know, the more shots a player's taking, the more he's creating, the more he's shooting, the more he's scoring, the more the better. So you just kind of look for the big numbers. It's mm-hmm. kind of easy. Um, within reason, obviously. Whereas when it comes to the defensive side of the game, there's a lot that you just kind of can't measure. Like if you think of Peak Van Dijk, in terms of events, clearances, tackles, he, he he didn't really. He looked really quiet in the numbers. He looked like he weren't really involved. But he's obviously elite. So when it comes to judging pl- defensive players using the numbers, you just have to be really careful because there's a lot of context lacking in there and a lot of it's team de- dependence and um, a lot of it's missing. Uh, don't get me wrong, a lot of it's missing on the attacking side as well in terms of like, you know, off-ball stuff, for example, in an attacking sense. If a player makes an off-ball run, creates a massive gap, it's it's difficult to quantify that. Um, but in terms of what he's doing on the ball, at least, we, we can quantify that. Whereas when it comes to the defensive side of the game, there's just a lot more that is just a bit... You just need to... You almost need to watch the, the, the footage a bit more to determine who's good and who's bad. But, um, you know, they're kind of working on that. That's kind of like the... The next... Um, what's the word? Next frontier, if you want. Oh, another good one there, mate. I like that one. <laughs> In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Um, I'm going to see if I can give you an example of this and I'm trying to think of a player who's moved recently Um, I'll see if it works on the defensive actions so I'll give you an alright so I can't do it in the FB ref because I can't think of somebody who's moved from one club to another in the Premier League from like oh would Ake have fallen into this category yeah when was that when did he move well Ake's a good show Ake might have fallen into this from, from a side that wasn't brilliant to a side that, do, that dominate the ball. Stones as well for Everton. I don't know whether it'll go it, far, no, it far, far back enough it wouldn't, no. on the Stones run. 
Um, so if I go down to his defensive stats here and do it by a per 90 basis, yeah, here's, here's a great example. Blocks per 90, 1.35, 0.92 blocked shots. Tackles and interceptions, 1.29, 2.41 for tackles and interceptions. And then City, the numbers are all just smaller because City dominate the ball and they don't have anywhere near as good defending. The first player I went to check was Lovren at Southampton. A defensive side... And Lovren's just there heading the ball away. Look at Burnley defenders just there heading the ball away on the dice. It's all they do. They don't kick the ball. Mm. They just throw the head in over and over again. And then you move to a Man City and you never have to do any defending. Yeah. And that's why the numbers, a shit team's defender in output terms is always going to look better than Virgil van Dijk. He does nothing all game. Yeah. But that one thing is perfect. Yeah, the thing is as well, it, if you've got a centre-half out there who's top of the league with tackles, just because he's tackling loads doesn't necessarily mean he's a good defender. Yeah, because nowadays you're probably looking more at positioning and interceptions. Yeah. Tackles should be the last resort. Exactly, exactly, yeah. He, he, he could be making lots of tackles because his team's a mess or because he can't organise things or because he's out of position or, you know, he couldn't read something. You know, it, it, there's loads of context lacking, basically, when it comes to the defensive side of the game compared to the, the, the attacking side. OK, we'll move on. AM Thomas 33, we'll do maybe... Four or five more we'll whiz through these. How do Liverpool do on the XG table? How would the big ch chances table look? So I've got understat up for this one because uh, understat's probably a good place to to maybe start in terms of expected goals. Um, obviously, you can do expected points and points-wise, Liverpool are third. Um, Non-penalties expected goals, Liverpool um, third. Expected goals, Liverpool are actually top above Manchester City in expected goals. Um, and expected goals against, I think I might have to add that. What I think is interesting is if you look at expected goals, ex expected goal difference yeah. per match, Liverpool are actually top of the league. And that's, that's the, the most obvious metric that is out there that kind of captures how good a team is under the radar that doesn't consider whether the shot went in doesn't look at the results it just looks at what your goal difference would be in an expected world you know with no randomness with no variance if every player was just as good as the other player what are you creating as a team and what are you stopping as a team at the other end and Liverpool are the best for that and every season really that's, that's Manchester City and to be fair, Manchester City are really close. But and if you took out the Newcastle game, I think Manchester City would be top of that. Yeah. Because we've had a otherworldly seven expected goals in one game. Mm, exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. And it, 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 I think if you look at the standings as well, you can see it's pretty accurate for the most part. At least like the top three. Chelsea and Matt, though. <laughs> yeah, but I think in a lot of games they do look fairly well coached. They just can't. There's just crap at both ends in, in, in terms of boxes. Right in there. But you've got Liverpool, City and then Arsenal. Then a big gap. Uh, it's a big gap to, to Chelsea and Villa. Then a smaller gap to Brentford. You just had another striker. Brighton, Newcastle. Man United are about 12th or something like that. And the, the worst three teams in the league. Sheffield United, Luton and Burnley. The, the, one of the things I'm most surprised about, to be honest, is full. Whenever I've seen Fulham, they look good. Whenever Liverpool play Fulham, yeah, they look good. It's true. So I'm quite surprised they look like a poorly coached team there. Uh, okay, um, James Shine 92, favourite footballing memory? Um, I think obviously Istanbul comes to mind, but I was 
was a baby then, like, uh, I think one of the best games I've been to, I was at the Dortmund game. Mm, uh, that was unbelievable. Yeah, that felt like the, the start of Klopp's journey and that we didn't know how good we were, we didn't know what to expect, what was coming. That was amazing. Um, what about you? I'd be very surprised if Barca in the semis ever yeah. gets topped. By Munich away as well. Um, City, yeah. City away in that run. Um, interviewing Jürgen Klopp like in Boston was like fucking up there, mm. you know, in terms of that. First time I got to speak to Kenny Dalglish. Um, a couple of years back. Up there, mate. I mean, yeah, you know. a, cu- a couple of years back, I went to a, a football conference and you sat in rows listening to professionals um, in the game give talks about like the next data thing or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> well, it's my, it's my, it's my bag, isn't it? It's my bag, isn't it? All the uh, listeners might find it boring, I don't know. No, I read that, like, the Will Spearman piece. I had to stop it, right, after about 30 pages, because it just felt dumb. <laughs> and that's what I would feel like if I went to one of those conferences. It just feels stupid. Yeah, well, the, the, some of it is interesting. Like, a lot of it's over your head, but it's interesting. But what I was going to say was, I, I was sat directly behind. I put my hand on his, on on Edwards' shoulder, Michael Edwards, and he was sat next to Julian Ward, Ian Graham and that, and the My Halo. Were you attending? I was whispering in the ear, like, just, you know, but... Uh, Follow us at this, let's go Hello. I'm a big fan. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, t- sitting behind them, to the extent where I could, you know, shake hands with them or whatever. Did you? No. Did you introduce yourself? No. You fucking shit out. I know, but they were all like, it was like a little collective, like, all, all the well, things. You could have been in there. Uh, friends, football <laughs> friends. It was only missing Clapper and Linders. That was ah. it. That was all that was missing, but that was a, quite a silly old experience. Like, Is it up there with Dortmund, though? No, no, no. That's me and Michael Edwards. No, no, I was talking along the lines of you interviewing the likes of Kenny, which again is a different level, probably, but. You know, we're talking outside matches, aren't we? Yeah. A little bit. That's good. I like it. I like it. Um, okay. I'm going to go to one from Twitter. Frenchie, LFC99. How do Endo's stats since he started improving his position compared to other DMs? I don't think we can look specifically at his stats since he started improving his position because I don't, that, that, that would involve separating, you know, the first half of the season, which weren't very good. And again, going back to it, like if you look at his numbers for, uh, if you look at what we were saying before about defensive numbers, just because he's, it's difficult to determine how much of an impact then those having on Liverpool just by looking at his defensive numbers, because defensive numbers aren't that good, uh, or aren't that kind of watertight really. But he looks just as good in the air, which is interesting. I remember that being one of his standout um, kind of areas when he was in the Bundesliga. So he looks just as good in the air in England. Funny enough, his progressive passes is is better than his. Well, when I say better, he's po- he's, po- he's posting like higher percentage of progressive passes in terms of in comparison to his peers than he is tackles and uh-huh. interceptions, which I think is interesting. I'm just going to bring up something we did on the on the Plus show. If you want more of this type of content, of course, go over to redmenplus.com, sign up, and you can have an extra deep dive show every single week. Um, but. For a points per match, and I know it's no a no metric really, but Kwanzaa, six appearances, Callagher, two appearances, three points per match, James McConnell, three points, Endo, 15 appearances, 
points per match for Liverpool, and then it's Nunes, 2.37, so it's clearly having an impact. Um, we can move on to the next one. Um, do the stats back up the theory that Trent is a poor defender versus other right-backs in the league, says MTGW1515. Well, again, I don't think you can you can make that judgment, really, based on the numbers. Okay. Again, going back to the reasons as to why defensive stats are just tricky because there's context lacking. I think just because... I think if Trent is tackling more than Kyle Walker... Kyle Walker's a better defender than Trent. I don't care what the numbers say. So... But in an attacking sense, you can judge his game a bit more. That's a bit different. But on the defensive side, I've never been keen on the idea of using numbers to, to determine that Trent is... To, to bust the myth that Trent can't defend or something because he's tackled loads of people or something like that. I don't think there's a need to do that. I think... I don't think he's the best defender. I think he's better than people make out. But at best, he's just a, he's just all right at defending. I was chatting to Ian Maloney. I don't know whether you know him, but he, he does love Fulham Conquer, uh, one of the independent match um, um, retailers um, around Liverpool Football Club. Uh, brilliant merchandise. Known him, for, known him for a long time. Chatting to him on the phone before about something. And he, he had a theory, because he can't get his head around why Trent is always just left alone and he's never really sorted the right-back problem out. And his theory is Klopp wants them to attack down there. He wants to know where they're going to attack <laughs> and we'll just deal with it. And you know what? It sounds mental, right? But there is a part where you go, eh, maybe he's playing 4D chess. Who knows? But I thought I'd yeah, say it on the show that support it really interesting. Like, That's the only one. Knowing where the, the opposition is going to target might be a help. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you know what I mean? Definitely would, yeah. So it's just like, leave it there. Got Karate, he'll deal with it, no problem. Got Matip, he'll deal with it, no problem. It's working, whatever it is. And obviously, temp brings a lot to the table. So there you go. Yeah. That has been the Deep Dive Q&A. Uh, Josh is away next week, uh, but we'll work out a deep dive regardless. Um, so you'd all like to wish me, uh, or him, happy birthday. He's got a big one coming up, haven't you, mate? Yeah, we'll keep the number quiet, eh? <laughs> yeah, we'll do, mate. A lot of people... Uh... I'll be surprised, I think, by... Well, do you think? I've just told them. Have you? Oh, I just did that. <laughs> in, in, in the comments, just tell me that I don't look it, please. You don't look it, mate. Don't I? You don't look it. Die over 15. <laughs> You're absolutely sad. So no I get an ID, mate, for, uh, for knives, isn't it? <laughs> Sounds, listen, uh, happy birthday for when it is. Enjoy your couple of weeks away. Know you're going to come back. You're going to smash your podcast. Uh, and everything else that you, you do, put your mind to. Go and check out his book. Of course, it's on Amazon. We'll put a link in the description for that. What's it called? Data Game? Data Game, yeah. And thanks for the help internally uh, with uh, specifically the appearance of the book. That's a lot on Redmen now. Uh, because the first few designs, you was kind of my... I was sounding board sounding board yeah it's a good way of putting it yeah so but we got there in the end of me yeah mate it looks brilliant I can't wait to read it I've ordered my copy you should too um, I got an extra what was it £1.17 off on Amazon yeah I don't know where that's coming from so I mean I, I bought it right and then messaged him and went you know there's a discount on Amazon just in case you didn't know but I had to get the discount in first yeah no I don't blame you but I think that's uh, that's on the publisher I haven't got a clue when it comes to the prices that's, that's not my decision uh, yeah I look forward to reading it, mate. I know it's going to be absolutely brilliant. I know you've been working on it for two to three years or something. So, yeah, yeah. Um, go and check it out. Thank you very much for watching. We'll see you next time on the Z Side. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. 
Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. 